0: Welcome to the Sparked Podcast, a place to keep your spark bright. Here I've brought together my most powerful tips from the last decade plus partnering with small businesses on all things leadership, mindset, people and culture. Here My Approach combines intuitive psychology, strategy, neuroscience and results-based coaching to unlock your highest potential. Step into your power and truly own your role as a leader so that you can spread the positive impacts of your purpose-led work everywhere. My name is Emma Campbell. I'm a mindset and performance coach for purpose-led leaders. I'm a mama to two cheeky little munchkins. I'm a wine appreciator, nature-obsessed, stubbornly optimistic child at heart. And I'm here to inspire belief in what's possible for you because it is all so possible. I hope that this podcast leaves you feeling lighter, more inspired and more ready than ever to go out there and take actions on your big dreams and vision. I can't wait to dig in. See you in the podcast. Oh, hey, hey. Uh, So excited to chat to you guys today on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Uh, Today we're talking about a topic that I think is just absolutely fascinating. And that is all about perfectionism, uh, striving and the antidote to that, which is self-compassion. This has been an area which has been really, really relevant in my life and has been an absolute game changer for my own personal mental health, emotional health, Um, self-development, self-learning, self-growth and um, it's a really big emerging area in research at the moment with um, with a whole heap of thought leaders out there which I'll talk about in a second Um, and it's an area that I see a lot. (laughs) A lot of my clients are challenged with and a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of high achievers um, and that's why I know that if you are listening to this podcast, there is a good chance that you are a business owner, that you're a leader, that you're an entrepreneur, that you are a high achieving, you know, hardworking individual. And that's why I know that this will be so relevant for you. So what we'll cover today is um, what perfectionism really is, um, like what it looks like, um, striving, And what I mean by that and the differences between like healthy striving and unhealthy striving, uh, as inspired by a podcast that I listened to um, by the Imperfects, one of my favorite podcasts in the world. And they had a episode about um, very similar topics. So I would definitely recommend going and checking that out. If you haven't heard of the Imperfects, they're amazing. Uh, So yeah, we'll talk about perfectionism, striving uh, and the antidote to this To the the antidote to perfectionism and and self-criticism which is self-compassion we'll talk about how to practice self-compassion in a really really like beautiful easy practical way Uh, because i think it's one of those topics that's talked about a bit in a really kind of like lofty ambiguous way Um, but i'll give you some practical steps on how you can actually do it Um, And also just what the benefits of practicing self-compassion is because I think it can sometimes sound like one of those fluffy, you know, um, I don't know, like lofty areas that (sighs) I think can be easily skipped over unless you actually know what the practical benefits are and all of the emerging research on it. So um, this will be a really, really powerful episode if you are an Enneagram 2, if you're an Enneagram 3, if you're an Enneagram 1, and even for the 8s out there, Um, and while, look, self-compassion and self-criticism is an area that i think a lot of people struggle with it'll be particularly relevant for you if you're a two three one or an eight Um, and if you don't know what i'm talking about by these numbers i'm talking about the enneagram quiz um really really powerful quiz i'll pop the link in the show notes for the podcast below um It takes two minutes. I would highly recommend jumping on and just, you can even pause this episode and take it really quickly and then it'll help give you an idea of what sort of type your style you are Um, because the twos are like the empaths, they're the carers, they're the people pleasers. The threes are the high achievers, the strivers, um, the productivity queens and kings. The ones are the perfectionists, the idealists, the, like, super high standards people, and the eights are, like, the strong and independent, like, no vulnerability type personalities, like, really strong leaders and decision makers. So all of these sort of personality types will really, really resonate with a lot of what I'm talking about today. So um, what is perfectionism and what is striving in a semi unhealthy way what what perfectionism can really look like and this whole area that i'm talking about is that that kind of self judgment it's like a really really chatty kathy in a critic and negative voice that is very critical on the self Um, And that typically sounds a bit like I've got to do more. It's never enough. I've got to work harder. I've got to be better. Um, It's kind of like that sort of voice. And it typically leads to actions like just never being able to really stop, (laughs) never feeling like you've done enough, never feeling like you are enough. Um, And it can, you know, that sort of behavior can often lead to burnout, right? Um, because it, it's it's like a whirring little engine that just like never wants to shut down inside the brain and the body. And there's off, it's often like accompanied by self-blame, um, being really hard on yourself, like if a mistake is made in the workplace or in work or at home, there's like a really, really, heavy and strong either emotional or mental reaction of like oh what an idiot (laughs) like how could I do this oh my god I'm the worst like a really really like tough voice on the inside um and you know usually and I'll talk a little bit like around where it can come from but you know often voices that were heard during childhood particularly in those first like seven years of life um from caregivers around us whoever that might have been whether it's parents or teachers society um just those kind of like those really prevalent voices that were with us when growing up we typically like a lot of those voices or the things that we heard we take them on And they become our inner monologue they become like our inner voice um so often behaviors like around perfectionism and criticism and all those sort of things um we would we typically saw them right like we don't just like they don't just come out of nowhere those voices like we weren't born, born with those sort of voices and thoughts we typically hear them from others and then they become our own. They were kind of modelled to us and then they become like our own little internal, um, you know, voice recordings that just play and, and over and over. So that self-blaming voice, you know, these sort of behaviours typically came from um, parents or caregivers that were probably quite hard on themselves, that probably had quite a... Um, perfectionist mindset themselves had really high standards on themselves and others. Um, So that's like typically where these sort of behaviours come from. Um, And the striving piece is like the difference between healthy striving and unhealthy striving is like unhealthy striving is usually this like, you know, this real push to do more and to do better but from a place of kind of fear of judgment of what might happen if everything's not perfect it's kind of like this striving to avoid criticism as opposed to healthy striving can often look like I'm just so excited to do this. Like I can't I can't wait to bring, you know, to achieve this, you know, achieving this just feels really good. Um and it's like sort of from a place of like excitement rather than from fear. If that makes sense. I think you'll know what I mean. And I think a lot of us can relate to a lot of these behaviors right like particularly if you're listening to this podcast (laughs) you are not alone like this is a really really common um kind of like you know mental landscape as well as behaviors around perfectionism and striving and i think that the costs of these sort of behaviors are massive right it's like the cost of perfectionism and, and unhealthy striving is that you never you never really feel satisfied when you're when you're in that loop, when you're in that place. It's like it's never enough. It's never done. It just keeps on going. And that even if that so-called <laughs> perfection or you know, perfect line is actually achieved or reached, the feeling when it's reached is very rarely like satisfaction or, or fulfillment or, or happiness for, for perfectionists, when they reach that, that line of so-called perfection, it's actually more like, I don't know, like relief and very quick lived relief before you know, the next thing comes before the next the next line is defined and needing to be strived for. And it can leave people living in a really like constant state of like a really overloaded nervous system that's always aroused and always in that kind of fight or flight and cortisol and adrenaline and that's not really good for the body. So what's what's the solution right I think you may you may know after I hinted at the start the solution to criticism and perfectionism is self-compassion it's self-kindness it's a voice of self-care and gentleness and ease and self-love and actually tuning into and listening to your own emotional, physical, mental needs and asking yourself, like, what do I, what do I need right now? And just being really kind and gentle and compassionate and loving with yourself like you would a young child, right? Um, And that's often where sometimes these things can come from is the younger version of you who who didn't learn how to be self-compassionate, perhaps. Um, I mean, I won't dip too deep into that piece because that's the place of a psychologist to really play, but. I think it's so cool to know that there are ways that you can practice being self-compassionate with yourself right now. So, yeah, self-compassion is about sending kindness towards yourself as you would towards others. So this can be a particularly interesting one for twos um, like Enneagram twos because the two is like the people pleaser, the caregiver, you know, the empath. Um, and typically twos have spent a lot of their lives being really, really good at tuning into other people's needs and looking after others and caring for others. That for twos, what I have noticed that it is that it can almost seem like a bit of a rude shock to even think about sending some of that kindness inwards towards themselves. And that's because it's just, it just hasn't been practiced yet. It's like a whole new neural network that might have a few little strings ready, but the practice of self-compassion is, is that it's a practice and it's a habit and like, and ones who likely grew up in a household as I was saying before with you know parents with super high standards because the ones are those idealists the super high standards all the things it's very likely that they grew up in a household with parents who were quite quite perfectionistic um perhaps even you know critical on themselves as well as on others Um, you know, held people to really high standards. And that could be around work. Um, That could be around like the household and keeping things clean. That could be around grades and like academic achievement. It could also be around like, you know, social niceties and social appearances, like always being nice and well put together and um, kind and good and doing all the right things perfectionism can really like play into a whole heap of different areas in our lives and you know the awareness piece is the most important piece right because when we have awareness over this area that's where we can actually make some decisions about changing it if we want to without the awareness piece it just lives in our unconscious brain and in our unconscious brain we can't do anything about it because we're not conscious to it right it's just kind of like playing its old old program um, without us being able to bring any conscious awareness to it and we need that conscious brain in order to actually make change so yeah for twos and ones in particular the the self-compassion piece can feel really strange because it'll be something that feels new and different and unfamiliar so what? what can um, self-compassion look like and how do you actually practice it? I'm going to share with you a a tool that I use. But first, I want to share the actual benefits of, like, why would you want to practice self-compassion? Because there can be some real benefits to being a perfectionist as well (laughs) because perfectionists are often quite celebrated in the world. Um, And I'm just thinking about... The, the joke that like, I don't know, if you go into an interview and then like the interviewer asks like, what's your greatest weakness? And it can be like such a pride to say, my greatest weakness is that I sometimes I'm too much of a perfectionist <laughs> and how that's kind of celebrated, right? Um, because it does come with a lot of benefits. Like it can really like drive high performance it can, and that high performance can be celebrated in the workplace. But often the costs are so great and not worth that extra one percent or ten percent increase in performance, like those costs of um, you know anxiety and depression and an overdriven nervous system and living in a constant state of stress and I guess the question is like, do the benefits outweigh the costs and that's a question that you will have to consider for yourself. But if you do want to tune into like what the benefits of self-compassion are, they can look like feeling more calm and ease and, you know, a study that was done by Neff, um, so Neff is a really leading self-compassion researcher that was done in 2013, they found that, self-compassion was linked to significantly greater levels of happiness of just positive affect, positive mood and life satisfaction. And they found that self-compassion decreases levels of depression, anxiety, stress and emotional avoidance compared to a weightless group. And, um, this lady, Neff, who I've been following for a while, um, where she actually started her research on self, in, self-compassion self was inspired by a personal crisis for herself. Um, she was going through a painful divorce and she said, it was very messy and I felt a lot of shame about bad decisions I had made. And she was looking for ways to cope with the stress so she signed up for a meditation class at a local Buddhist center, and while she did find that the mindfulness piece did bring some relief, she sat, she said what was actually the most powerful for her was the teachings in Buddhism about compassion, particularly the the piece around directing that kindness that we're usually so good at you know directing outwards directing that kindness inwards towards ourselves. She said that that was the piece that brought the the greatest piece of comfort. And she said it just made an immediate difference. And I I can really speak from personal experience on finding the exact same thing. So there's this really cool... um, researcher, psychologist, um, meditation teacher, um, called Tara Brock, who I just love, love, love. I've found a lot of, um, healing and benefits from, from following her. So yeah, and her name's Tara Brock and she's got this really cool little, um, self-compassion practice, um, which is a little, uh, online meditation that I practice and I'll, I'll link, I'll link it into the show notes below as well. And it's called RAIN. And basically it's the antidote to um, anxiety, fear, self-criticism, perfectionism. And like anytime that I find myself in a little bit of a loop of self-criticism, I practice this self-compassion meditation, which which stands for RAIN. So RAIN stands for, so R-A-I-N stands for recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. So I won't talk you through it in too much detail because I feel like she is much better practice to do that. But basically the recognize piece is just about really simply recognizing what sort of story is coming up, just recognizing and bringing awareness to whatever that critical piece is for you. Um, whether it's a feeling, whether it's a situation or a story, it's just like recognizing where you're at. The A for allow is about just taking a moment to allow it to be there. Because one thing we're really good at as humans is feeling a negative feeling or a so-called negative feeling and doing everything that we possibly can to distract ourselves from it, (laughs) to um, ignore it, to avoid it, to pretend it's not there, to keep ourselves busy so that we don't have to feel the fear or the anxiety or whatever. So the RAIN, the a allow piece is just about allowing it to be there The I investigate is just about digging a little bit deeper into like what's really going on here like what am I believing here what am I telling myself and just digging a bit deeper to understand it and then the end the nurture piece is where that self-compassion piece really really pops in and that's about asking myself like what do I need right now Like if I was being really kind and loving on myself, you know, what do I need? What do I need to hear? What do I need to do? You know, what's, what is my, what does my body, my heart, my soul need right now? And that, that is the practice of self-compassion is nurturing yourself and being kind on yourself. And why this is so powerful is because Basically you're like activating this beautiful positive hormone in your body called oxytocin. And when you activate oxytocin and you send it along a neural pathway that has previously been filled with a lot of fear and stress and anxiety, it's like the antidote to that. And it starts to balance out that, you know, previously fear filled neural pathway Like you're sending it out, like putting water on the fire so that over time, that old story, that old belief, that old action actually starts to have less power on you. And that's where like long term, you'll just find yourself being a happier and more, you know, just satisfied and compassionate human being. And I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> I love anything that I know that is going to set me up for the long term. Um, and yeah, I it takes 18 minutes, this little practice, the RAIN practice. Um, it's on YouTube. It's free. So I'll, I'll pop the link in the show notes below. And it's just been a game changer for me. The fact that it's like practical, easy, takes me 18 minutes. And, you know, as a self-proclaimed striver or overachiever or workaholic I used to be a workaholic I'm much better now um and then having kids like I was really forced into the practice of self-compassion um as a way to actually keep myself mentally and emotionally healthy and well balanced while looking after the kids and running a business like I really like I love these practical tools Um, so I would highly, highly recommend jumping in and giving it a go. Uh, that's it from me today. I really hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. Um, it's worth checking out if you haven't already the leadership Enneagram quiz in the show notes as it gives some helpful tips on which type you are, you know, where that type came from, childhood stuff that might've contributed to that as well as some like tips to grow Um, and yeah, I really, really recommend giving self-compassion a bit of a go, uh, and let me know what sort of impact it has on you. I know it's like such a big one that leads to burnout and all the things. Uh, so I know it could be a game changer in your life. I really hope you enjoyed today's, um, episode and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed, I would just love it if you took one little minute to leave a quick review or even to share this potty with a friend who you think might benefit from its message. It's honestly hearing your feedback that keeps me going and helps me spread the word to get in the ears of other people just like you who are going through similar challenges and keen for a little bit of inspiration. Thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate you. And I'll see you in the next podcast.